the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording today on Friday, November 4th. I am Jared Mintz. Joining me today and every other day that we record this terrific podcast is Joseph Nardone. Joe, are you happy that it's Friday? I'm thrilled it's Friday. I love Fridays. I work seven days a week, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, days kind of blend together a little bit at this point, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited that it's Friday. It's actually my my fiancé and I, it's our nine-year dating anniversary today. Congratulations. Nine years she put up all your shenanigans. Nine years, and she has agreed to a lifetime more. So shout out to JJ. Happy anniversary, babe. Uh, All right, let's take the personal Does she listen to the podcast? I don't want to call her out. I think sometimes she does. I think most of the time she doesn't. Uh, She's interested. It's it's funny. She likes to listen to us, but she doesn't like to listen to what we're talking about. She doesn't like like the sports part. She likes when we go off on the, the tangents. Pretty much. Pretty much. And it's weird, too, because I feel like she listens and she's just, like, waiting to criticize something I say. So it's kind of gotten to a point where I've stopped asking her to listen. Uh, it's better off that way. What about you? Does your wife listen to the podcast? No, she thinks what I do for a living is the most uninteresting thing in the world. Uninteresting? It's, she, like, the most interesting. She's still convinced I just play on the computer. I mean, you do, but... But I work. Like, it's work. <laughs> my daughter... Do- I told you... St- I, think I, I think I told the story on here when my oldest daughter told her teacher that... For a living, I play video games on the computer. That is not what she told her teacher. So, like something around those lines, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I, you know, write words and stuff like that. How so, did that get? Ba- how did that get back to you? A parent-teacher conference, like, like <laughs> not the parent-teacher conference. Like whenever you just meet the teacher one-on-one, is that a parent-teacher conference? Sure. Yeah. So, like, she, like the teacher, we kind of sort it all from outside of school. Well, my wife does, and she just like. Joe, uh, Joe, do you play video games for a living? She's like, I'm not judging. I'm like, what? And then she explained the uh, what happened. Like, no, I'm, I write about college basketball. Tremendous. And NBA and, and wrestling. Don't shortchange yourself, my video game playing friend. Dragon Age Inquisition. It's a two-year-old video game. I just started playing it, and it's tremendous. There's your video game advice for the week. Bioware, take all my money. <laughs> all right, let's 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 get into some Sports! Sports! <laughs> Because we have a lot of sports to talk about today. Unfortunately, it's Friday and it's not Thursday, so really talking about the World Series is kind of over. Like no one cares anymore. It's a new new news cycle. Steve Bartman for president. Yeah, sh- shout out to the Cubs though. Good good to see them win. Happy for your your fan base. Glad to see all these Cubs fans finally get to experience winning. I always say as like a Knicks and Jets fan, if those teams ever win a championship, I just don't know what I'll do with my life. Like you're you're not expecting it. You go through so many years thinking this team's never going to win, and then they finally put together like a dynasty-looking team, and they're going to win a championship, and they win one, and it's like, well, can we win multiple? And it's like, I never expected to even win one. So, Cubs fans, good luck dealing with that. I mean, not like that's really any kind of burden, but good, good to see the Cubs win. I'm sure the Indians will be back in there next year or shortly thereafter. Good year for them, too. Joe, is that the most baseball we've talked about in, like, I don't know, months now? No, in months, yeah. I do believe we had, like, a 15-minute segment on Ryan Howard once. Yeah, but that, that was around the trade deadline. I mean, we even had Tommy Stokey on to talk about baseball. That was how serious we were about that. Yeah, but, I mean, um, we are baseball experts. <laughs> baseball has come and gone, and like I just said, it's Friday, it's not Thursday, so today's news cycle is going to be all about Kevin Durant 
and the Golden State Warriors putting a whooping on the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. As you know, it was KD's first game against his former team, so it was very exciting to, to see how, how he would do, how the pressure would fare, how him and Russell Westbrook would interact with one another, how they play against each other. And last night was all KD. Joe, did you watch that game? I did. Good talk. All right. Oh, next, I, I don't think. know if you want. I thought that was just like a general thing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll break down the game, guys. Slam it. You don't have to break down the game. Just well, I mean, what? Westbrook didn't look great. Yeah. Uh, Sabonis did, though. All right, Joe. KD looked great. All right. The story's freaking Kevin Durant. Whatever with KD. your your Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook narratives. KD drops 29 points in the first half last night. He came out like a man on fire. He didn't embrace Russell Westbrook before the game or any of his other former teammates. Um, It it was just interesting to see them be all business last night. I mean, I guess you expected it, the way these guys have been talking. Um, What what was it? Russell Westbrook was... What what did he wear to the game? Professional photographer or something on his shirt, making fun of KD, who takes pictures on on the side. He likes taking pictures. I don't know. These guys have been really petty towards one another, even though, like, yeah, you know they're upset with each other, but they still probably have love. One day it'll it'll come back around. I think it'll be less ugly than, than Kobe Shaq, essentially, even though to this point it's been a little similar in terms of them just bashing each other and all that other stuff. I don't know. All right, Joe, now you can talk about our, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. What about Ian Clark dropping eight important points in 19 minutes? Well, he does. That's, that's I mean, seriously, he had the second most minutes off the bench for the... For Golden State. He's playing a huge role for them. I mean, he's their guard off the bench. He's the guy this year. Yeah, he got, I mean, I don't, I think as, I think what they're trying to do with Sean Livingston is save his body for the postseason. And then, I mean, Iggy got 25 minutes last night, but I do feel like that's, and he's not a guard, but I feel that's a similar thing. They're trying to save those older guys' legs for when it matters. Um, Watching the game last night, though, in all seriousness, yes, Sabonis did look legitimate, but hit a a three-pointer. Um... So stink on that, all you experts who were killing me when I said he was going to expand his range. Uh, what stood out to me was Westbrook kind of losing his way during the game. And, yeah, he was aggressive, and he got to the free throw line a ton. Um, but he wasn't efficient, and it didn't it didn't take long for Golden State to be like, this is our game, and you guys are kind of just – I mean, that second quarter – was just like, oh, okay, this is, we're way better than you guys. Let's just kind of shut the door on this now. Yeah, like you just said, the Thunder were outscored 37-11 to 11 in the second quarter. Yeah, and, it, and, then, and then after that, like, it was, it, it's over. It's, it's, it's over. It's a 20, I think that they, it was a 25-point game going into halftime. Yes. And then it didn't matter if that because you're just, you're just breaking even every quarter, like close to it. It was three points and two point differences in the next two quarters, but the game never got close again. So for me, the hype to this game was, yeah, Kevin Durant playing Oklahoma City for the first time, but it'll be more fun when he actually returns to play at Oklahoma City. And we all expected Westbrook to shoot the ball 50 times last night and score 50 points and have 10 assists, which he did like nine rebounds and three blocks, blah, 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 blah. But instead, he has six turnovers. He was a minus nine. He only made four of his 15 field goal attempts. It was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, at least it was from the Russell Westbrook aspect of it. Uh, In all fairness, the Thunder were on the second game of a back-to-back. They beat the Clippers the night before in just a 
low-scoring, grinded-out game, so they could have been tired. But this was well, that's a game the thing that... about Oklahoma City too, right? Like you have to give, like you have to acknowledge that because the Clippers are a really good team, and for them to beat somebody like that shows that hey, like this team might be better immediately than we thought, and this might just also be like, hey, remember Golden State's really good too. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, like I think we're kind of these Golden State lost early. And then we're all like, oh, here we go with all this stuff. And Durant did the whole Kevin Durant thing of being, I hate the media, I'm going to work hard, and the Westbrook, with the Westbrook narrative, and we're making all these stories, and we're just failing to ignore the obvious, which is Golden State probably has the best four of all time playing at the same time. And Oklahoma City has guys like, you know, Grant and Singler getting minutes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying there's a huge gap in talent. Like, after Westbrook, and I love Sabonis. Like, everyone knows I love Sabonis. And Oladipo, I, 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 I'm, I think he's okay. I know he had a good game last night. But he was also minus 25. But, uh, like, they're not. Like, the second best player on this, the, the Thunder is probably Stephen Adam, who kind of gets negated by the fact the way Golden State plays. Yeah, for sure. He was, he was really good last night, especially in the first half. I want to say in the first half, he was like a plus eight and like a minus there. When he was off the field, they, they were like down 33 or something like that. Minus 33 without him, plus eight with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what you just said kind of makes a lot of sense in that the Warriors are just the superior team here. If anything, maybe early in the season is the right time to catch them while they're still adjusting and they're still figuring out how to play together. But there were a lot of things working against the Thunder, like it being the second night of their back to back like this being a revenge game for Kevin Durant, even though, you know, you left them. So it's not really like you're trying to get back at them. They didn't do you wrong. So they, it was kind of a weird narrative. But at the same time, that the Warriors really took care of business last night. They put their guy in a place to succeed. And we were all expecting KD to come out fired up for him to lead the team in shots and lead the team in scoring. And he was on fire. I mean, he played a great game. He played the best game we've seen him play as, as, a, as a Warrior so far. And we should have expected it coming against the Thunder. I mean, it just, it seems a little out of character for KD. He was kind of talking trash to Enos Kanter and the Thunder bench at one point. Um, he was just, he was all over the court, though. He was fired up, you could tell. He'll definitely be fired up when they do go back to Oklahoma City and he has to play them there. But you, you could tell that this was a game that, that KD wasn't going to let his team lose and that he wanted to pour it on in this game. Well, it also and, helped that Clay Thompson made some shots, too. Yeah, he did. Clay Clay got hot in the second half. Steph got hot in the second half. I mean, they were they were really running the offense to KD in the first half, though. He was very aggressive, and they just they knew to get him the ball early. And even on defense, I mean, he had that chase down block on Russell Westbrook after Westbrook actually blocked him on the other end. It was really funny watching this game. I kind of felt like I was watching the end of uh, of a league of their own. I can't imagine you've never seen a league of their own. I seen it with Penny and the catcher. Yes, I rooted for Penny, by the way. Is that her name, the pitcher, Penny? No, nobody's name was Penny in that movie. It was uh, Dottie and Kit. Dottie Kit. was I was rooting for Kit. Right. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, A League of Their Own is a women's baseball movie from, I want to say, World War II era. Uh, Gina Davis plays the lead. That's not what it was filmed. It was filmed in the 90s. <laughs> it, it took place. Madonna, Madonna and, uh, and what's her face? She was a hell and, of an outfielder. Rosie O'Donnell. Madonna was a hell of an outfielder. Rosie O'Donnell's in that movie. There's a lot of people in that movie, actually. Tom very Hanks. Good, very good baseball movie, uh, if you haven't seen it. Anyway, so... Gina the, Davis. The movie's about two sisters, and they're both the best players on the team. Gina Davis is slightly better than Lori Petty of Tank Girl fame, and Lori Petty's jealous because Gina Davis is always 
Lori Petty sister. became a good director. Yeah, Did topic. She? I'm sorry. Yeah, she directed a couple things. I'll have to look out for that. So anyway, it's big sister, little sister. Big sister is the better athlete. Big sister is taller and more beautiful. Better. She, no, she wasn't uh, more beautiful. Slander. Don't you slander a kid like that. I mean, I think for the purpose of the storyline, that was where they were going with it. I mean, she married Bill Pullman, who turned out to be the president. So let's give let's give respect where respect is due. Credit where credit's due. Anyway, so there's she was a really good catcher, up, though. Yeah, in the movie, she was tremendous. So they wind up breaking up. They wind up trading uh, Lori Petty Kit to another team because she doesn't want to play with her anymore because she's sick of living in her shadow. And then Lori Petty like goes off on the other team. They wind up meeting in the championship, and the final play of the game is. Lori Petty rounding third base, coming home to, to score the game-winning run, and sh- there's a collision at the plate, as Joe's mentioned. I can't believe I'm explaining a lead there on <laughs> so stupid, but I'm already all the way in. I can't stop. Yep, do so it. Coll- collision at the plate. Dottie drops, Dottie drops the ball intentionally. Mentally she soft. On. She's mentally she soft. On. She drops the ball to let Kit win. Anyway, last if that night, was real life, If that was real life, she would get crushed on first take. Oh my god, it'd be terrible. So you, anyway, what do you mean? What kind of competitor are you? You let the other team win because it's your sister. You're mentally soft. And that was supposed was, to be the feel-good moment. If that movie was made now, man, Stephen A would be having an aneurysm. He would go nuts. I um, I was talking about it on Twitter last night that KD feels like the, the Dottie character with Westbrook being the Kit character. <laughs> Even though Westbrook didn't leave, KD left. So it was, I don't know. Either way. So Sabonis is Madonna? <laughs> I suppose something like that. No, I think Enos Cantor is. Um, Enos Cantor no, played Cantor. three three minutes last night. Yeah, he did a lot more on the bench than he did on the court. Anyway, to to tie, to come full circle on this league of their own thing, it just it felt like you know siblings playing against each other, playing their heart out, and KD got the better of Westbrook last night. Are you Obviously, trying to infer that Westbrook let Durant win? No, it's it's the other way around. I I think that Westbrook is is. Uh, Kit and KD is Dottie, so no one let anybody win. I just felt like I was. Who was their parent in that movie? Was it Tom Arnold? I don't know. I don't think so. He was in the movie, right, Tom Arnold? I don't think so. I don't remember Tom Arnold being in it. I mean, he might have been, but I don't remember him in it. Anyway, let, let's move on. <laughs> we really don't need to talk about a league of their own. Last, I, I, I could do a whole a, show on a league of their own. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy that movie. I brought back a lot of memories. Um, Did you cry at the end? Of course I didn't cry at the end. The saddest... We're not talking about A League of Their Own, but no, I did not cry at the end. You changed. Anyway, it felt like I was watching the end of A League of Their Own just because it felt like these two people who love each other, who have such hatred out of jealousy and just want to beat each other because they're both so competitive going at it. And last night, Kevin Durant got the better of the matchup. He got the upper hand. Obviously, Golden State wins. Until next time, it was a really exciting game, though. No, 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 it wasn't. I don't know why I said that. It was a snoozer because the Thunder got crushed. Joe, do you have any last last thoughts you want to add to that game? Sure. Lori Petty's only directed one movie. I apologize. It's called The Poker House in 2008. And was it good? I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I thought... Uh, I was under... For some reason, I was convinced she, she did a bunch of movies, and it's only one. The Poker well, House... For what it's worth, stars Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, there you go. Uh, but, Jeff- it all, but this is well before Jennifer Lawrence was good. Because you know who else is in this movie? Before she was good. Who else is in this movie? Bokeem Woodbine. Wow, and that's before Selma you. Selma Blair. Too. David Allen Greer. 
David Allen Greer. Wow, that's a lot of people, man. Man, this uh mixed mixed reviews. Fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I love when Joe I, reads IMDb. And seven reviews. Only seven people reviewed that movie. Alright, we'll do that on the next episode, but Joe, why don't you hit the music and let's let's do something that don't look good. Mario, please press the button. It might not be your fault, but maybe it is. Yeah, I think something good that don't look good. Alright, I'm going to go first on that don't look good. So during the Cubs and the Indians World Series game, Fox Sports, Fox aired a commercial for their Fox Sports show, whatever it's called, Kong Cowherd and Shannon Sharp. Nope. Uh, do you know what that show's called? Is I just know those two guys aren't in the same show together. Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless? Skip Bayless. You said Cowherd. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's called Undisputed, but I'm not Undisputed. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm about to dispute something. So, yeah, I play on words. It's actually, I'm not disputing anything. Um, so in the commercial, Shannon Sharp says, LeBron James is a top five player. And now, remember, this is their commercial to make you want to watch the show, okay? This is their promo. This is supposed to entice you to watch the show. And Skip Bayless' response is, no, no, double no, end commercial. Wow. I mean... Do you think that's fancy editing, or do you think he was really saying that as a response to LeBron being a top-five player in the NBA? Well, you know what my favorite part of that commercial actually was? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal a line from some, somebody else said it was funny. I can't remember who I credit to. They go, it's the fastest-growing show in sports. And somebody goes, well, when you start off with one viewer, it's kind of hard not to be. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I don't think their ratings are so great on that. No, it doesn't. Some, I mean, Nielsen ratings could be misleading, but they're, like, at 100,000. Uh, watchers or whatever. Sure, I'm sure that's worth paying Skip Bayless $5 million, but it is not my place to dispute his contract. Well, I like how I, people do the whole ESPN's a sinking ship, he's all these guys are leaving, and ESPN is... The only reason why ESPN numbers have gone down, but that's because people are cutting the cord. It's not because they lost Skip Bayless, because nobody's watching Skip Bayless. Right. Nobody's watching TV, is what's happening. Yeah, that's because, like, our, the generation below us, and some of our generation, they just don't watch normal TV. They watch Netflix and Hulu and Right. Uh, whatever else, and they go outside and play like normal people should. Good old normal people. Yeah, that, that's a horrible take. I don't know how I could dispute it because I'm not familiar enough with Mr. Bayless's rhetoric or who he does and doesn't like. I just don't... I feel like he hates everybody. How could he have five guys ahead of LeBron? Well, he likes Tim Tebow. Well, obviously. I mean, he... Anyway. Anywho's. Anyway. That, that is a horrible take. That guy's the no, worst. No, no, double no. <laughs> that is such... I like he just says that every episode. Like, he has to squeeze that into every episode. That should be the name of the show. No, no, double no. No, no, double I'd no. I'd probably watch that's... if that was the name of the show, to be honest. I definitely wouldn't watch. If it's a double no, does that mean he's actually admitting that he's... That's a yes. Yeah, right? Well, yeah, because he goes four no's, so it's two du- It's two sets of double no's. Yeah. No, no, double no. So he is essentially yes. So he's actually, so maybe... he's actually making a good take, then. Whoa, so, yeah, he does think LeBron is top five. Good for you, Skip Bayless, for fancily doing it. Yeah. We just cracked the code on Skip Bayless. He doesn't hate things. He likes them. He just speaks in double negative, meaning positive. Yeah, he just, he has a mental word count in his head. He's like, all right, I'm on three no's. Okay, throw in another no. And then we're all like, how can he think this? And he's like, I actually said he was good. It's like the, the second Austin Powers movie with Will Ferrell, where if you ask him a question a third time, 
he's going to answer no matter what. Like he just has that <laughs> that <laughs> that mental hold in him. So that's enough talking about Skip Bayless for one day. Um, I I'm going to do my that don't look good, even though I kind of want to just run into the Cavs. But my that don't look good is also associated with the Cavs, and I don't want to go on too big of a rant here. I just think it's so crappy the way we treat Khloe Kardashian in the context of sports. So Khloe Kardashian's dating Tristan Thompson. They've been dating, I want to say, for like a few weeks, maybe a couple months even at most. Obviously, Khloe Kardashian is famous for being a Kardashian, and her and Kim Kardashian combined have dated, let's see, Kim had Reggie Bush, any other athletes? Oh, yeah, Chris Humphreys. So she had those two. Khloe's had Lamar Odom, James Harden, and now your boy Tristan Thompson. So between them, that, that's five professional athletes at minimum that we know about. And people love to rag on whatever athletes are dating Kardashians. Oh, there's a Kardashian curse. Your player is not going to be good because they're dating a Kardashian. Look at what happened to Lamar Odom because Lamar Odom didn't have problems before he met Khloe Kardashian. James Harden had an MVP season last season, except, you know, the, the Rockets had a down year. So that was all Khloe Kardashian's fault. And now that Tristan Thompson's dating Khloe, Apparently, the, the Cavs are going to have a bad season. They're not going to go to the finals. Tristan Thompson dating Khloe Kardashian presents more of a threat to the Cavs in the East than any other team in the Eastern Conference is essentially what you get out of Twitter. And it really bothers me a lot. I mean, listen, I, I can understand if the Kardashians aren't your cup of tea. I don't really care for them. I don't really go out of my way to, to watch any of their shows. I kind of turn off my TV when they do pop up. But it's so stupid to, to blame. And I know it's all jokes. It's just like it's really sexist and it's really horrible. And it's, it makes me feel bad. And I don't feel bad for them. Just like what a crappy notion that like an athlete is dating someone. So it's going to have an effect on their team. Even when it's Tristan Thompson who is like, I don't know, the fifth best player on this championship winning team. That's my rant. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually get a little uncomfortable with it. Because there's, a, there's an undertone of misogyny there. Yes. And, um, I mean, it's not an undertone. It's flat out misogynistic. Well, I mean, some people are smart enough not to be flat out with it. Right. And then they'll, they'll, they'll guise it under the joke form. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm just joking. Well, I get wanting to make jokes, I guess, at the Kardashians' ex, uh, expense. But, like, we're, we're all sports people, so we don't get it. We don't find them entertaining. But everybody that likes Khloe Kardashian is probably like, I don't get Tristan Thompson. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's your perspective on these things. And they could be thinking, like, well, why is she dating Tristan Thompson? He's the fifth best player on the Cavs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it's it's us putting, not us, I mean, literally, but, like, sports fans going, here's some easy jokes. Here's a woman we don't like for whatever the reason. And we're going to, you know, fire up these jokes regardless of the context, even though, you know, like, Generally, like, I don't like going into anybody's personal life. Like, when it's not, like, important. Like, this isn't important. This is, they're just dating. So, like, it feels weird to try to, like, look through the window here and be like, what's going on with Tristan Thompson's dating life? And, like, you point out, he's the fifth best player in the Cavs. Like, seriously, who cares? Yeah, who cares? And we've, we've been doing this for a while. And like you just said, not we as in you and I, but we as in sports fans <laughs> and even media to extents where – we blame Jessica Simpson for the Dallas Cowboys downfalls, and we blame uh, Olivia Wa- Olivia Munn. I'm sorry, Olivia is that her name? Olivia Munn yeah. dates Aaron Rodgers for for Aaron Rodgers struggling, and it's just it's so misogynistic. And I'm not trying to be you know like a social justice warrior here. Just like 
I know we look for, for storylines and narratives and off-court things to make sports more interesting. It just sucks when you're doing it at the expense of someone for, like, no good reason. I mean, like, if you want rag on Tristan Thompson for dating someone who's on a reality show and who maybe wants to be more popular, and maybe that's part of the reason he's doing this, but, like, it's even crappy to think that and to not give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Like you said, it makes me a little uncomfortable when we try to get so involved with these people's personal lives. I mean, for all we know, they they may just want to have a quiet relationship, and they can't because they're both celebrities. I don't know. It just the whole thing makes me uncomfortable, and I wish we would stop doing it. So the, stop the doing was, it. <laughs> the, the th- yeah, I'm saying let's let's stop. Oh, I'm not I'm not ragging on them. The thing that brought this up this week was there was like a, a picture of somebody who got Chloe tattooed on his back, on his sh- you know in between the shoulder blades, and Twitter of course ran wild with it and said. Oh my God, that's Tristan Thompson. What are you doing, Tristan Thompson? Oh, in '82, the Cavs are going to miss the playoffs. Uh, the Indians are going to lose the World Series. Like everybody went nuts because of this picture that someone said might be Tristan Thompson. It clearly wasn't Tristan Thompson, whose back is already so tatted up and is recognizably tatted up, and it doesn't have a Chloe on it. So it was just a really dumb story, and I've been kind of wanting to talk about this for a few weeks now because even since before the season started, this has kind of been the topic and. It's just annoying. Do better. Yeah, do better. All right, let's now talk about real basketball, and let's stick with the Cavs. The Cavs are freaking great. I mean, we expected them to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, but they look like the best team in the league, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe we shortchanged them heading into the season. I don't think we did. All right. I mean, like, they're returning to the same team as last year, and the Warriors got better during the offseason. The Warriors added more talent, and of course we're going to be excited that a team that won 73 games added Kevin Durant. But we, we talked about this just before. You know, their roster is different. Their rotation is different. Their bench is different. Their starting five is different. They don't have Andrew Bogut. You can't say they miss him horribly, or we won't know for another couple months how much they will or won't miss him. But there was obviously reason to think, like, there's going to be change in Golden State, and that leaves for some kind of unknown. They're still going to be great no matter what, but there's more unknown with them than there is with Cleveland, who's coming off a championship and is returning everybody for a third year. Now, for me, I kind of look at this now and think, well, Miami third year was just ridiculous. LeBron's third year in Miami was the, the best season that that team had. LeBron put up his best season probably of his career, and that team just clicked. They, they put it all together in, in their third year, and I wonder if that's kind of what we're seeing with Cleveland, where these guys got over the hurdle of winning a championship— Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving have been healthy. They've figured out their roles. This team's really clicking, and they're doing... They're just like... I think they're going to have the best record in the NBA this season. Um, I mean, I won't... I mean, they won, they played in the East. And we both think the East is better than giving credit for as well. But, like, the difference here is 5-0 and versus 4-1, and one, and the Cavaliers also got to play the Knicks and the Magic. Hey. So... Hey. It, they I, played the Knicks in the Magic, but they've also beaten up on Toronto and Boston now. I mean, they're beating... Well, well they they, sque- they squeaked by Toronto, and the Boston game was actually pretty... I, I didn't get to catch all of the Boston game, most of it. And, they were uh, leading the whole, pretty much the whole way from what I watched. Cleveland. Until the fourth quarter, the, the Celtics made it a little bit closer, but Cleveland was in control in that game. Well, wait till they like run... A, they're going to play Joel and B tomorrow, and let's see what happens then. And then I'll tell you, I'll, I'll my... Full opinion on the Cavaliers. If they could get past Joel and beat Dario Saric, 82 and all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just, I'm looking at this team, and I think we've all kind of been expecting the LeBron decline because, yeah, his first year in Cleveland, he looked a little slower. You know, he had that two-week phase where he had to sit out. 
it could have just been an injury. And with a guy like LeBron, I mean, he never has a serious injury. So maybe we just didn't know how to react. We didn't realize what we were seeing. But since that, I mean, he's just been on fire. Last year, he was great. The playoffs, he was the same old LeBron. This season so far, he looks like, he looks great. I mean, yeah, he's he's not as explosive as he was, but he's still, you know, a premier athlete in the NBA at, what, 30, 31 years old now, I guess, almost 32. And we were expecting him to be losing his legs. So I just, I look at this team and I don't really see any kind of decline. And obviously, you know, listen, we're a week into the NBA season. I'm not trying to talk about the long run or anything, but I wonder if... Yes, you are. You just said they're going to have the best record in the NBA. I know. I'm not trying to go too hard with it. I I think that they they very well could. I think that they could be the best team in the league. And heading into the season, maybe we didn't give enough thought to they might be better than Golden State this year, which I don't feel is crazy to say. I just don't. I mean, that's fair. I I think people rightfully lost their mind over Kevin Durant joining three other superstars, though. I agree. It was rightful. I agree. So I don't think it's like we... Um, looked past Cleveland. I think it was like, hey, look at this really new, shiny, fancy thing over here. And the NBC, NBA season's kind of long, and all this stuff sorts itself out. It's, 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 this, this is my internal struggle while discussing the NBA five or six games into the season is it's five or six games into the season. Sure, of course. So like, LeBron I, looks great now. What's he look like in game 35? I don't think he's going to look bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, like maybe those leg issues, like lack of... You know, he has a lot of minutes under his under his body. Maybe that takes effect later. Maybe J.R. Smith goes on some kind of random J.R. Smith thing of going over 75 from the field. Or maybe Golden State click clicks, and then it becomes, it doesn't matter who comes off the bench. Maybe DeMontis Sabona starts averaging 50 points a game. You just don't know yet. You don't know. You don't know. There's definitely a lot of room for, for things to change. I just, for me, I guess, I can only speak for myself. Obviously, I felt like Cleveland was the, the favorite to come out of the East. They were going to be the favorite to, to win their conference by a wide margin. I almost feel like I didn't give them enough props coming into the season. So I guess that's a me problem. But let's look at a you problem, Joe. Whoa. Yup. I think the best player on the Celtics last night was one Jalen Brown, who, Joe, you weren't really fond of coming into the NBA this season. In all fairness, I didn't really care for him much either. We both bashed him when we were talking about the draft. But, Joe, tell me what you saw out of Jalen Brown last night. The best version you can hope out of him is, so coming into the season, to give some context, at Cal and in grassroots basketball, he played a lot of bully ball, which meant he would just post up guys less physically imposing than him or just, you know, muscle his way to the basket. That's how he would score out his points. Kind of like a Marcus Smart-ish clone where he didn't have, he couldn't shoot. Um, last night, however... He made all, not all, he made four three-pointers. Um, he looked comfortable. He started. He got minutes. He hasn't, now, here's a weird thing. So his three-point number, his percentage numbers, remember, it's only five games, super misleading. It's at 44%. That's only because of last night. That's where all Yeah, last three, night was the first time he saw extended minutes. Right? Yeah, and that's the only time he's made three-pointers was last night. He only, he's attempting less than two a game, 1.8 per game. But he is shooting well from the floor. But again, that's all his bully ball stuff. That's him going. That's him trying to muscle his way. And credit to him for being able to translate that because it usually doesn't translate well into the NBA because guys are usually more physically imposing than a twenty-year-old kid out of college. Um, my concern, I still have concerns for him. I don't, I don't think the bully ball thing will last. I think eventually he'll be getting pop drop and some fouls. His rebounding numbers and his assist numbers are down, and uh, I thought those were areas where he would actually excel at. 
So it's it's a weird mixed bag. Like, oh, he's showing that he can make the three pointer, but it was in one game. So like, I'm very tempered on him still, but it, it's promising. Like, if using the sample size we have now, if you're a Celtics fan and you're worried about Jalen Brown, you're slightly more optimistic than you were if you were somebody like me who was like, hey, this dude's just Marcus Smart below the tower. Yeah, he did a nice job filling in for uh, Jay Crowder last night. That was where he saw the extended minutes. I mean, he he looks like he looks better. I think. I think he looks better than he looked in Summer League, or at least he did last night. It's a small sample, so we're not going to go too crazy over it. I actually don't really want to talk about it at all. I just wanted to give you a platform to discuss it. You just wanted to rub it in my face that he had one good game. <laughs> I, listen, I'm wrong about him, too. I didn't... You're I not wrong. Right. We're five games. We can still be <laughs> right. I mean, like, let's not make Jalen Brown Rookie of the Year already. But what if he is? I'm just There's saying, a reason the game before he only played eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, listen, this team's incredibly deep. So we weren't sure what we were going to see out of Jalen Brown this year, if he was even going to see the floor at all. I think uh, he was the guy who I picked in our rookie superlative poll to you know, be the first round pick to see the least amount of minutes or something along those lines. And that's so, going to our boy Malachi Richardson. Your boy Malachi Richardson. He stinks, and nobody listened to me. Everybody wants to say how hot fire he was. You hate Malachi Richardson. He's not good at basketball. All right, we're not doing this. We're not getting into Malachi right good now. Good job, Sacramento. And we don't great, know if he's good or great not. draft history. It's five we five games into the season, so we don't know. Has what he played a single second yet? No, I haven't seen him play. I don't think so. He changed. He changed. <laughs> All right, Joe. Let's let's pivot and let's move sports from the NBA to the NFL, and let's do some picks. Hit the music, Joe. We NFL picks. Well, I don't know what week we're in. We're in week nine. This is NFL week nine. We Malachi, not- Malachi Richardson didn't get released from the Kings already because he's not even on their box score from last night. Uh, he might be sent down to the D-League. I don't know what Malachi Richardson's doing. Let me introduce the games, and you can do your Googles on Malachi Richardson. What, what week are we in? Week 9, man. Week 9! National Football League picks! So that's just how this is going to work. Whoever tells the other one to hit the music is going to be the one that gets stuck singing. So that, that was singing. Our... I love singing. I know you do. This We've been singing a whole lot more this last month than we ever did on this podcast. I don't know how it reflects in our listenership, but thank Put you guys. Put it on the poll. Do you like when Joe and Jared sing? <laughs> Will do. All right, let's let's stop. We need to time. name our poll person, by the way. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, Guillermo. <laughs> no, don't be stealing. We are, we are a straight ripoff of Dan Levitard, so we might as well. I, I like, love Levitard. I, it's, listen, like imitation is a sincere for, form of flattery or something like that. So we, we love Levitard's show. Anyway. Anywho's. Anywho's. All right. Football. So through, through the first eight weeks of picks, Joe and I both had our first losing week last week, which is pretty remarkable considering, you know, again, we don't pick the easy games. I look at the games and pick the hard ones, the ones that I think are interesting. So through eight weeks, I am 24 and 16 and Joe is 22 and 18 picking against the spread. Both doing pretty darn good. Let's get into our week nine picks, Joe. First game, I got the Dallas Cowboys at the Cleveland Browns. We're seven and a half point home dogs. I always got to get a home dog on our slate. Uh, Joe, who do you like in this game? Dallas, very easily. This was an easy choice. You really think so? Seven and a half points. Right, it's Cleveland. They stink. Who's playing quarterback for Cleveland this week? Kevin Hogan? They haven't made a decision yet, but both Cody Kessler and Josh McCown have been practicing, so it looks like it's going to come down to, to one of them. I guess it doesn't McCown, matter. They all stink. Right. I guess McCown is the better option of the two. I mean, last week, Cleveland had a very good first half against the Jets, then kind of disappeared in the second half. The Jets. The Jets. 
This is the Dallas Cowboys, who might be the best team in the NFC. They're supposed to be getting Corey <laughs> Coleman back this week, so they should have another weapon offensively. Oh, my goodness. So much context for a team that stinks, and now you're going to pick the Cowboys. I'm picking the Browns, Joe. I'm picking the Whoa! Browns. Whoa! points. I just think at home, they'll have enough firepower. I, I think that they'll be able to score. Listen, the Browns don't have a problem scoring. And last week, they played against the Jets team, who really stops the run. Yeah, but I really Jets. Kept, they stop the run. Listen, I'm not saying the Jets are good. The Jets stink. You know how I feel about the Jets. They just they stop the run, and that's kind of been you know Cleveland's strong point this year is running the ball for the most part. So I, I think I think whoever the quarterback is is going to have enough weapons with with Duke Johnson, Gary Barnage, Gary Corey Coleman, Gary Coleman, Corey Coleman, and my boy Terrell Pryor. I think the Browns cover seven and a half, Joe. All right, up next we got the Lions at the Vikings. Vikings are six and a half point favorites. I'm going to go first on this game. It feels dumb. I feel like every time I pick the Lions, I wind up losing. But I'm going to pick the Lions. The Vikings laid such an egg on Monday Night Football. I'm so disappointed in them. I don't know how you get beat by the Bears like that. They, they looked awful all game long. I mean, I think that the defense will come back stronger. And obviously the Lions, Lions defense is awful. But the Vikings offense stinks. So, uh, Their offensive yeah. line is horrible. Yeah, the, the Vikings O-line is, is pretty banged up. And they, they're looking terrible. Last week, they, they couldn't get anything going offensively, like nothing. Terrible. And Sam Bradford, we always talk about Sam Bradford. You think he stinks. I wind up defending him. I swear, every single time I watch Sam Bradford play football, I don't think he's he's even remotely good. He looked awful <laughs> on Monday night. I don't expect him to be much better this week, even though, again, the Vikings are at home and they're coming off two losses. So, Narrative Street says the, the Vikings get back on track, but... I think the Lions keep this one relatively close. So that that's my pick, Joe. Who do you like? The Lions. I don't need to break this down. Vikings offensive line stinks. Um, their offense stinks. Um, so if this game ends up, it could end up being close just because of that. Six and a half points is a lot of points. I'm not. I'm going to take the points. All right, we're going to go with another similar spread. We have the Indianapolis Colts going to Green Bay to take on the Packers, who are six and a half point favorites at home. Joe, who do you like in this game? The Packers. All right. Sounds good. Well, I'm gonna... Do you want me to do another anti-Andrew Luck thing? You could do whatever you'd like here. Andrew Luck's been incredible these last few weeks. Yeah, so. they're awesome. If the team stinks. Defense is the worst. It's nah, not Andrew Luck. Winners win, man. He's Come not on. a winner. Come on, Skip Bayless. No, don't, no, don't... double no. <laughs> no, you don't know double no me here. That means yes where I'm from. Listen, so I, you... know, I think the Colts stink. I don't think they're a good football team. It's not just Andrew I make fun of Andrew Luck because he looks like... I don't know, it got a, like a glitch in a, uh, a video game, like from Skyrim or something. I don't get the reference because I'm not much of a gamer, but I'll take your word for it. My video game people love that reference. You're welcome. All right. I'm, I feel like uh, similar to the Lions, i got to stop putting these teams in our picks. I always pick the Colts, and I'm going to pick the Colts again this week. Again, I, just, I think six and a half points is too much. Also, the Colts are allowing 28.4 passing yards per drive, which is 29th in the NFL. Packers are allowing 27.7, which is 28. I think it's going to be a shootout. That's the only reason I think this game could be relatively close. Um, I I just I think the Colts aren't... They're not good, okay? They're terrible. The Packers are going to score a billion points. I think, I think the Colts will be able to keep up with them. So that, that's who I like in this game. Up next, we got your boy, Denver Broncos. And I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I'm hearing they get growing sick of Trevor Simeon. Shocker. Broncos going to Oakland to take on the Raiders, who were half-point underdogs at home. 
Joe, I'm picking your Broncos. Raiders are half-point favorites at home. I'm sorry? Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. They're half-point underdogs. They're half-point underdogs. I'm sorry. Stop yelling at me. Plus means underdog. Um, I'm whoa, going with the Broncos. Whoa, bud. Condescension. I'm telling my mom. She's going to mess you up. You always tell your mom, and she never messes me up. Anyway, Creepy. this is an interesting game. Oakland's been on fire. They're red hot. They lead the NFL in red zone touchdown rate at 73.9%. The average rate for other teams is 557 On the contrary, Denver only allows 19 pass completions per game, which is the second fewest in the league. So we're really going to see a strong pass defense against a strong pass offense. I think defense wins championships. Denver won a championship last year. Breaking news. So, yeah, I'm going with the Broncos to win this game. Joe, who do you like? Man, this game is tough because I like Derek Carr a ton. I think he's awesome. I think he has really good weapons on the outside. But like you mentioned, Denver has the best trio of corners in the NFL. I'm not saying they're going to stop um, Oakland from scoring points. But the game's going to be close. And as long as whoever plays quarterback for Denver doesn't cop up the football a ton. Now, they're also going to be without a running back. Uh, C.J. Anderson's toast. So we're going to see how they're going to fare in that area as well. But I, I think I, 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 the game's a pick I do think Denver ends up winning. All right, so we're both going with the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos give up the fewest pass yards in the NFL. And with this being Week 9, I think we're going to be on the lookout for second-half regression from Derek Carr, which we saw last season. And a lot of people are not allowing themselves to get too excited about Carr's excellent first half. Because he was a letdown in the second half last year. Derek so. Carr is okay in my books because he'll throw more than a seven-yard check down. He will do that. He likes to air it out. He's got the receivers to do it with. It's going to be interesting to see if he's able to do it against such a stout defense on Sunday. Last game we have is the Monday night game. Joe's Buffalo Bills going to Whoa. Seattle. Yeah, come on, you're a Rex guy. Anyway, Joe's Buffalo Bills going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, is, is my turn or your turn? Your I don't turn, know. This game, this game makes me struggle. You said those offense isn't great. Um, if they just gave a lot of CJ Procise more. They will. I mean, they're going to. All joking aside, all joking aside, CJ Procise has become a part of the offense, and this is a stagnant offense. I mean, this, this guy can kind of do it all. He's not going to be there every down back. I don't know how much they'll wind up using him, but... He's definitely carved out a role in the offense. Yeah, like I, I do believe we're finally going to start seeing him in the backfield, getting passes on the backfield, maybe getting four or five runs per game. And I do think they're going to start using him in the slot as well. They don't have like a ton of dynamic guys in offense, especially from the running back position. Um, seven and a half points is a lot to give up. But we know that I trust Rex Ryan as much as I trust a good reference evades me. So I'm going to go with Seattle. Wow, Seahawks, seven and a half. I was going to use Amanda Knox as the reference, but she was acquitted of the murder, so I don't want to do that. Oh, good for you, I guess. I guess, I don't know. You're right, no good analogy. Um, for me, this this really comes down to Seattle's offense and what they're able to do. They rushed for under 75 yards in four consecutive games. Going to Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo is a pretty tough defense, even though their, pat, their run defense hasn't been all that great lately. They gave up the 200-yard game to Jay Ajayi only a couple weeks ago. I, I'm going with the Bills in this game. Whoa! I, I don't have much confidence in Seattle's offense right now. I mean, defensively, I think they'll be fine. We don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to play or not or if it's going to be the Mike Gillisley show again for, for the Bills. I just Seven and a half points is a lot to give to a team that's having a really hard time scoring. I, I don't know what the difference is going to be this week. Maybe you gave Russ Wilson an extra day to rest up, so maybe he looks better. I mean, I heard earlier this week that they were going to take the knee brace off of Wilson, so... I don't know if, if that's going to make him more comfortable, but 
regardless, this team is struggling to run the ball, and every year, you know, when they when they run, they win. I know we saw them kind of air it out in the second half of last season, where Doug Baldwin broke out and, and Russell Wilson was just incredible the the second half of the season, but he showed no signs of being that guy yet this year, so... I'm not going to believe it until I see it, and you know it pains me to take the Bills, but seven and a half is a lot of points, so I'm going with Buffalo. Fair enough, Batman. All right, just to recap, Cowboys at Browns, who are seven and a half point underdogs. I'm going Browns. Joe's going Cowboys. Lions at Vikings, six and a half point favorites. We're both going Lions. Colts at Packers, who are six and a half point favorites. I'm going with the Colts. Joe's got the Packers. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are half point underdogs at home. I got the Broncos, Joe as the Broncos. Bills at Seahawks, seven and a half point favorites. I'm going Bills, Joe's going Seahawks. Those are our week nine picks. Week nine NFL picks. All right, guys. So I don't feel all that confident in it, but again, I'm 24 and 16, and Joe's 22 and 18. So use that use that for what it's worth. Yeah, we can only regress from here, I guess. Maybe we're hitting our second half of the season downfall regression. <laughs> We'll we'll find out in the next few weeks. All right, Joe, let's do our last segment of the day. Ask me anything. Ask me anything. We we have segment music for this, don't we? No, it's just me speaking and then (laughs) changing the voice to an (laughs) eye. I I thought we had music. All right, Joe, you you go first. Um, This is via at Ashley Boyds. Inquiring minds need to know, is Mayo disgusting? Discuss. Ashley Boards is awesome. I was at her Halloween party last Saturday night. She's actually my fiance's little from her sorority. Glad she listens slash follows on Twitter. You're good people. We love Mike also. Um, to answer your question, though, yes, mayo is disgusting. Uh, I need more context for this. Mayo alone is disgusting, but mayo on a hamburger is fine. On a hamburger? Interesting. What do you think the like secret just... sauce is on a Whopper? Mayo and ketchup. Yeah, of course. There's no secret sauce on a Whopper, by the way. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> I I don't. I actually, I'm not. I'm not a mayonnaise guy. I mean, I guess it's fine if like you're making a grilled cheese and you cook with it, or if you're making like chicken cutlets. I don't know. And I mean, I get it. I get it as an ingredient in some things. Like, is mayo in ranch dressing? I suppose. Well, I don't. I only eat ranch. You don't eat ranch. No. I don't eat mayo, so I can't pretend it's weird that you don't eat ranch. I, I don't, it's just kind of gross and weird looking to me. I don't like mayonnaise. It's it looks like paste, me. yeah. So I, I get the look of it, but I mean, like, as a, it's a condiment. So, Correct. I mean, if you like it on your hamburger, I think that's okay. Like, if you're eating it by the spoon bowl, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> you know I'm actually, I mean? I'm, I'm pretty weird about my condiments. I feel like we've had this conversation before on the podcast, but I'm not certain. I don't like ketchup, and I don't like mayonnaise. I like them together. I just don't want to watch them be made together. So, like, I just, I don't know, man. I'm so not, you don't hate mayonnaise. You just need it in a certain context. Mayonnaise as itself, regardless of if it's being eaten out of a jar with a spoon or being spread on a sandwich, does not appeal to me. Well, nobody eats using, a hamburger with just mayonnaise. There's ketchup involved. Some people do, I guess. Who? Sandwiches. Serial killers. Stop with the serial killers, man. I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, my people put it on sandwiches, right? Like that's how you. Yeah, but with mayonnaise. another condiment, it does not. No, just typically mayonnaise. not. Typically not. Like people make a turkey sandwich and they put mayo on it. Just mayo. Well, then that's gross. All right. So we kind of stand similarly on this whole mayonnaise. Yeah, thing. I need. I need on a hamburger with another condiment. Condiment on a sandwich with an. Although I'm not big on mayonnaise with a cold sandwich. Either 
So I'm basically just mayonnaise on a hamburger with ketchup. Sounds about right. What's your favorite condiment? Uh, ketchup. Wow. All right. There you have it. Is, wing, pro- is wing sauce just a sauce considered a condiment? Like if you're dipping them into french fries? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, now that they, they kind of make like buffalo wing sauce, it's not just hot sauce. So, yeah. Sure. So then it's probably wing sauce, yeah. Wing sauce. There you have it. But I can only use that on certain things. Ketchup is kind of, you can put that on anything. Fun fact, and this wigs out my, my nephew, I put ketchup on my mashed potatoes. That's not that weird. No, but it's, pota- it's potatoes. It's in the French fry family. Right. Yeah, I put, like, barbecue sauce on my mashed potatoes. Oh, good. Now I don't feel as gross. You shouldn't feel gross. That, 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 that checks out. I, I, think we just, I think we just bonded. Yeah, I feel closer to you. Thanks. All right. I guess I'm going to ask you this next question then. So we, we weren't bombarded with questions this week, unfortunately. So I had to do a little bit of uh, of searching and digging to find some other AMAs. And I wound up on the Twitter page of one Lil Cloud, a.k.a. Steve, who's at I'm Lil Cloud. I guess he did an AMA, and apparently he has, like, a ton of fans. I didn't do any research as to who this Lil Cloud, a.k.a. Steve, character is. My guess is he's probably, like, a YouTube person or something. He's, like, an adolescent. He's not He's not an adult or even a teenager. He's very young. Anyway, the, the best question that I saw him receive was, <clears throat> how do I deal with an evil stepmom and she treats me different from her own kids even when my dad isn't around? I felt like this is a great question that can give us some depth, you know, allow us to, to break out of our sports shells. So, Joe, how do you deal with an evil stepmom? Well, if she's good-looking, you make a run at her. That's that's step one. Like, What if you yeah. are not a boy? So what? I'm not here for gentrification, man. I make, dig it, and I wasn't trying to be that way. But make, a, make a run at it regardless. If she's a smoke show, make the run. Make an attempt. Um, obviously, she has to consent. I'm not saying be forceful. Um in all seriousness, though, if you're a kid, um, this is probably a conversation you want to have with your dad, so your dad could have the conversation with your stepmom. Um, asking Twitter for help seems like a horrible idea. I just feel like asking Lil Cloud, a.k.a. Steve, for help probably isn't a great idea. I, I think we might be the right people to answer this question because we're adults and we have an adult perspective. But at the same time, if you're a kid, like maybe you're afraid to talk to your dad about that. Maybe you're like, what if I tell my dad that she's mean to me and then my dad like gets upset with me because he prefers her over me. Let's so, also you know, be clear, this other this kid might be whiny and this could just be in his head and not actually accurate. That that's another great choice, and I think that it's good that you brought that up because we should never give children the benefit of the doubt. Never. I mean, how do you know that this person, you know how do you know? I don't know. Maybe they maybe they don't even have a stepmom. Here's the problem. You're already saying that she's evil, so you're already coming in with this bias of we can't make it work, this person's evil. Yeah. So, so like what are you even asking the question for? Yeah, right? Just leave. Go get a job. Get your own apartment, seven-year-old. Make life happen, man. Stop with the excuses. In all fairness, I do feel kind of bad because, like, this isn't the kid's fault. The kid doesn't... Kids shouldn't have to figure out how to make this situation better. The adults should figure out how to make this situation better. I do kind of feel bad for this kid now. Nah, it depends. Part of me thinks that he probably doesn't... He probably feels this way and it's not actually as true as he thinks it is. I'm hoping I'm right there, because the alternative that she's, like, really evil is kind of scary and horrible. Um, I need more context. Like, evil and how? Just as, like, dismissive of you? Or mean to you? Like, listen, you're not her kid. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Like, do you think she's going to like you as much as she likes her own biological kids? Let's be real. Let's be a realist here. I like, I like my kids more than I like other people's kids. This is no different. 
Grow up, little Steve, or whoever you are. Little Cloud. Yeah, man. Pull both Fruity Pebbles, think about your life, prioritize, and move on. Boom. Good answer. L- little Steve. Yeah. yeah, there isn't a good answer here. I just, I feel bad. It's bad well, I don't you. have enough context here. This is it. Evil stepmom. There's the bias. It's already in there. If she's evil, there's nothing you can do about it. That's like asking, like, hey, how do I befriend Satan? He's evil. Yeah, like, there just isn't the right answer. You don't. They're evil. I mean, all the other alternatives are horror movie things, and we're not going to discuss those. No, we are definitely not. Kill your um, mom, little Steve. I hope the situation gets better for this fan of Lil Steve. It's not Lil Steve. It's it's a it's a fan. Who cares? <laughs> Seriously. No, no, double no. I think that's the only answer here. Skittily doo da beep bop. Yeah, that that that's about that's about all we have for today's show. Uh, seriously, ask us anything. We like answering your questions, and we really don't want to have to crowdsource from uh, Lil Cloud, a.k.a. Steve. I know, I, that might become a new segment, us stealing that kid's AMA questions. There were some good ones there. Some of them were pretty awful, but, but some of them were kind of entertaining. I thought that was an entertaining question. He doesn't answer any of them either, for what it's worth. So He just, maybe so he just does an AMA and just doesn't answer? Maybe yeah, he doesn't mind his YouTube show. You said he might be a YouTube uh, person. Oh, yeah, maybe he does. Maybe we could find a way to steal his uh, his fan base. He's got a lot of fans. Mm. It's pretty crazy. We should figure out who this... We should have him on the show as a guest, actually, is what we should do. No. Why not? Let's reach out to Lil Cloud. He's got 175,000 followers. Then he probably won't come on our show. He's from Compton. I'm sure he is. Do I, I, let's see. I know... Oh, man. No way. Action Bronson follows him on Twitter. What? I'm looking. Yeah. He, he also follows almost 15,000 people. Well, he still has a pretty good rate there. Not bad. No. Anyway. All right. We don't need to talk about Lil Cloud, a.k.a. Steve. I think we, we've done more than our part in that aspect. Joe, you doing anything fun this weekend? I'm going to play Dragon Age. Oh, man. You're hooked. I am. I'm a loser. God bless. Well, that's what happens when you, you play video games for a living, so... Yeah. Right. <laughs> Way to circle that back. Did, did we talk We did we talk about that on the podcast, or was that before the podcast? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I think anymore right. we should just start recording and air the whole thing, even pre-podcast stuff. This pre-podcast stuff is pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great weekend. You know who I am, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hoops. Catch my basketball rating at todaysfastbreak.com. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. On Twitter, at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Today's Fast Break, at Today's You. Both of the FanRag Sports Network. Joe, are you going to write about Jalen Brown after this big game? I told you before the podcast I am. <laughs> why did it make it look like I'm only doing it because we talked about him on the podcast? No, we only talked <laughs> about him because you are writing about him, okay? Okay, everybody, you found out. I'm a fraud. That's no, sometimes what ends up happening is Jared yells at me because we'll talk about something on the podcast and I'll go write about it. Yep. Yeah, you do. I like it. It's a good way. It's evergreen content. You can use it however you choose. Thanks, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. Skiddly doop dop deep doop dop doop doop. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot takes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking, no one's clicking. 
their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world.